Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favorite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars podcast. This is Bandy here for the Supercoach episode for TLT round 22. Right on the home stretch now. And to get us through round 22 and beyond, we have Billy returning after a couple of week hiatus. Billy, welcome back aboard, mate. Hopefully it's a decent couple of weeks for you of footy and Supercoach goodness. Yeah, plenty of will, mate. Extra 50 points a week, just sneaking up the ladder. But uh, more importantly, this time of year, just the head headwinds, I think, mate. Yep, yep, yep. Well, quite a few of us are out of the running for number one, $50,000 cash. That is for sure. Uh, it's a bit of a juggle between your head-to-head and your overall finish too because the overall is always a little bit of pride. You want to make sure that you finish well enough, but at the same time, a lot of us have some money at stake with the head-to-heads. And a bit of a segue before we actually get into it, but I, I say it every year, and I know it's pretty obvious, but, geez, it shits me that you can't separate your head-to-head comps and stuff. Like, when I look terrible in some of mine, like the All-Stars comps. Geez, I've gone bad in a couple of those All-Stars money comps that we're in together. <laughs> I've come in like 12th and 15th in a couple of them. But other ones, I'm first. Like I'm first in a couple and I'm second and third, I think, in two others. And it's like if you can't make the same. You, whatever move you make, obviously, in Supercoach, you're making it for every matchup. And it's just it's so difficult, isn't it, to juggle. They've really got to try and find a better way of, if not just separating head-to-head versus uh, overall players, then at least have, being able to give people two teams so they can play each. But even when you give people two teams, Billy, like it's really hard, isn't it? Because you look at your head-to-head side of things and you're going, well, for this matchup, I want to do this, but for this matchup, I can't because I'll end up losing it. And you end up, if you're in 10 head-to-head comps like me, and you probably are, then oh, it makes it very hard, doesn't it? Some of the comps you just get smashed in and other ones you end up winning. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I just had a look the other day just to try and figure out which ones I, I could I could finish in. And I noticed that um, in the $100 head-to-head one for the, for the your, your comp, like the All-Stars comp, um, I'm actually doing well on that one. I'm coming first in that one. And there's a bloke coming 12th who is in my $250 buy-in. He's coming first and I'm coming 12th in that one. Just, <laughs> just, just, to, show, just to show how ridiculous the bullshit luck is of the, of the draw. Yeah, well, like I'm top five in half of them, and the other half I'm I'm ten to to twenty, <laughs> like you know. So it's yeah. it's very hard to juggle. It's just it's the sort of there's it, it, probably something that they can't really fix because you can't have like ten different teams. So I understand. Yeah, true. With it, I, I'm someone who's also used to playing other fantasy sports before Supercoach was even around. You know, NBA fantasy for ages and everything else, and it, it's a bit of an adjustment because I know that you don't play NBA fantasy, but look. You're, you've got your own team that you draft or that you make for every single league that you're in. It's different in every single one of them. Yeah, It's a hell of a lot harder to manage because then you've got to manage 10 different teams that are all built differently and everything in 10 different leagues. So it's very time-consuming. But you're managing it for the matchups and for the weeks and stuff, you know, so it's it's very 
very different to what we have in Australia with some of the super coach fantasy competitions. But we digress, Billy. We digress. Uh, for everyone listening, super coach episode, all the super coach goodness. Talking footy, we might not get to this week. Just have a few work commitments at the end of the week that might make things really hard to get a recording done. So I'll flag that. But normally we've got the recording of that uh, for everyone that just likes to hear some footy talk. Billy, first of all, though, we've got to talk about round 21. So the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's get into the Clint Eastwood. Yep. The good for you. I'll let you start, mate. Lead the way. What was good for your team this week? Ooh, I struggle with this one because I couldn't split Drinky or King Gutho. I think, um, I'm not sure if it was you that ended up convincing me to go King Gutho and get off my eels high horse or low horse or whatever whatever I call it. Or, uh, oh, I've been trying for years, mate. Trying for years. Or, or, <laughs> or whether it was the fear of actually not earning him in, in that buy run and he went ballistic. And, mate, I was borderline thinking about selling him. I thought, stick with him. He, uh, he loves the tough. He loves the tough games. And mate, didn't he deliver? He absolutely carved up last week. You're lucky you had that second half, though. Or really, that ten minute period near the end. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was about fifty, about sixty something minutes in, I think. Yeah, he was um, wasn't as bad as Hines, <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed watching him play, mate. He just normally he sweeps left and just, just tries to get something last minute, a couple of tackle busts and just goes over the line or gives a short ball and gets 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 a twenty pointer that way. But he was going he was busting up the middle. He he, he was really impressive. Um I really I really although we lost which which was uh wasn't demoralizing but was it was uh infuriating to watch. But um it, it was it was really enjoyable to, to see him sort of combine with Moses towards the end and see him be able to do something against someone that uh, wasn't wasn't a cellar dollar or a, a, a flat wicket type play He's always good to own. I love, I love owning Gutherson, uh, which is a great segue to my good because my good was actually I sold him. And <laughs> I, I wish he went a little bit worse, but who I sold him to was Tedesco for 134 points. So that trade couldn't have worked out any better if I tried. The only thing was that I vice-captained him and he was on, I think, 120 before updates. Mm-hmm. And the updates came late on the Sunday. So it was like, if it was 134, it probably would have yeah. pushed me to, to loop. But 120, even though it's very loopable other times, when you've got not really Hines and Cleary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hines and Cleary against like good, a good opposition for them to score 150s maybe. So I just I couldn't do it. But 134 probably would have pushed me to. So the, the, the last-minute score update, if it came early, it would have been a lot better. But 134 from Teddy, can't complain. And the other big thing with that trade as well is obviously I had, I had literally $250,000 to put elsewhere that I banked. Um, so that was a big difference between those two. So that was a good one, but yeah. Teddy looked really good last week. He was um, much improved, and really, I think he's looked better for the last month or so. So, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I, I, I really would have liked to have kept Gutho, mate, but I obviously can't sell drink water, and I needed to get Teddy in because I needed that money. Yeah, fair enough. You've got to do what you got to do. Um, it's When you have players that, that, that high in value, it kind of reminds you of the... Um, Beginning of the year, when you when you have the salary cap and you need to decide between you know getting getting someone like you know Tino or, or Fafita and someone that's that's two hundred k, when you when you got the money to sort of spread around, it really does make a big a big difference when you get sort of two or three blokes around that sort of five or six hundred mark because, as you can see, mate, it only takes three or four in the spine to score really well and having 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 blokes like. Uh, uh, like Ford or Kolomatangi score forties and forty five doesn't really do, doesn't really mean much in the scheme of things if you can really upgrade those key players in spine positions. Yeah, hundred percent. The bad mate for you. What was the bad and what was your ugly? Ooh, um, 
Who was the bad? Well, the ugly was certainly certainly um, Hines uh, as captaincy. That was absolutely demoralising. <laughs> I, I, I was I mean um, I, didn't, I didn't tell you this, but I was on um, I think I was on seven points with him as captain at one point, and um, I mean I was in a uh, head to head with um, Hassan Farage, and he's a uh, Let's just say he's not very quiet when he's winning. And um, <laughs> mate, 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 I went, I went in the kitchen to get a beer. I come back out, and he's on 144. I'm like, WTF? Like, <laughs> what do you do? I was in the kitchen for three minutes. I come back. He's got a lot, a line break assist, a try assist, a try assist, a line break assist, a line break or something, and, and two goals. So, yeah, yeah. So that that that, that, that was the ugly, but the uh, the bad for me, mate, was the. Uh, was that sort of Warriors game I, I, in, in the wet? I really struggled with um, a couple of forties there from um, Nakora and Ford, but I think most people own own Nakora. But um, yeah, the Ford forty wasn't the greatest. Yeah, I actually had a pretty good round. So the bad and the ugly isn't too bad for me. I was pretty, I was just under thirteen hundred, so it was a decent enough score for the round. But certainly the yeah, so. the, the bad I'll say the Sharks because Militalo fifty four, Katoa forty six, and Nicara thirty six. I expected instead of one thirty odd between those three, I kind of expected you know maybe you know two fifty to three hundred because uh, I thought they were in for a big one. So that was bad, but ugly. I'm going to bring out a, a big gun here and I'm going to really roast him because he doesn't get too much of a roasting. Harry Grant. One of the worst trades I did was honestly was go for Harry Grant and. I did it maybe a month ago, and I did it because Cook was out in Origin anyway, and I think the Bunnies had a buy um, after that Origin period or after the big buy, they had a buy or something. And I went, well, it's Grant time, you know, I'll go, I'll go Harry Grant. And I actually paused and went, hang on, like, am I just doing this just because of the name value of Harry Grant? And looking at the scores, it was like he's got a couple of big ones, but really he's been pretty disappointing. He's had some thirties in there and stuff. It gave me a good score last week, but honestly, like 36 points on the weekend. And I unfortunately think that we're going to see a lot of this from Harry Grant, 30s and 40s. And it just makes you go, well, I just wasted a trade. I may as well just stuck with Cook and just rotated Cook and Robson at hooker because, I mean, Robson, I benched on the weekend because I thought he's not going to go any good and he didn't. He scored 41, but it was five points better than what Harry Grant was anyway. Yeah, Harry Grant has been, he's had a disappointing year, uh, been below par. And 36 on the weekend was super ugly, but I guess most of us had him, Billy. Yeah. You know what I did in, in that hooking position? I, I basically had the same drama. I had um, I had Cook Cook at nine, knowing I needed to cover the buyers, and I had um, had a JMK. Then he had that injury, then he came back for the injury, then he got injured again. Then it comes out, you know, season over, going away. I looked at that young rookie that's replacing him, and he, he's been scoring... Um, 50 points in tackles off 45 minutes week in, week out. So I'm thinking, yeah, that'll do, base price. All he's got to do is uh, last a couple of games. So I get him in. Mate, he scores 50, 55 points with 51 tackles in, in, in 45 minutes. I think it's sweet. He'll, he'll cover Cook. JMK's gone for the season, right? Team lose Tuesday. JMK's back. <laughs> Where the fuck did season ending come from? Uh, I think it was, it was all. It was one of those injuries. It was, um, I you know, could have been season ending or could have not been. It was just, it was a bit up in the air. I understand why people sold though, because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, mate, like he, he's just as likely to not get named next week because he's going to be in pain and the injury is going to be there the whole season. So I mean, how long does yeah. do the Dolphins really persist in pushing forward with him if he's if he's in that sort of state too? 
Yeah, I just need him gone for the last game of the year when Cookie's out. I need I need the young the young fella back. He's um I tell you what, he's um doesn't take too many runs, but that's a hell of a work rate, mate. I, I am not joking. Fifty tackles with what one or two missed in forty five minutes for three weeks in a row. It's a it's a pretty good go, especially if he I think because of the amount of games he's played, if he just stays out as well, I know it'll hurt you, but it'll be a pretty nice buy next year if um if JMK's moved on or, or anything else happens to him. Uh, look, it's a good segue though, because let me tell you when we're finishing talking about this round that was, the top ten scorers were all a hundred plus. In fact, we had thirteen hundred plus scores. But when we look at the top ten scores for the week, five out of ten were all fullbacks. Tedesco one thirty four, Drinkwater one twenty two, Gutherson one fifteen, Reese Walsh one eleven, William Kennedy one eleven. So all the fullbacks really came to the party. We've come a long way from a couple of months ago where we were in kind of a fullback no-man's land where we sort of thought, well, is fullback not the position that it normally is? And it wasn't for a little while, Billy. We had Latrell out. Turbo was ruled out for the year. Teddy was playing poorly. And it just really was looking like a bit of a no-man's land. But now the fullbacks are all booming. So for the strategy chat now, we're talking about fullbacks for the run home because... It's quite a contentious one, but also it's a real big point of difference for the run home because all of a sudden we've got half a dozen legitimate fullback options to run home with who have to fit into two positions. So it's very, very difficult because every team's going to have a different fullback most of the time in your head-to-heads. You'll probably have one sim- one same player, but a lot of the time one of them will be different. So it's going to be a way to either fall behind on the run home or to certainly catch up. But before we continue the strategy chat, we do have to talk about our fantastic partner and sponsor, Picklebet. Picklebet.com, you can go there and have a look. They've got fantastic odds in sport, but they also specialize in e-gaming and have some great racing promos that they do as well, including at the moment getting the uh, the money back offers that they've got going. But in saying that, let's talk NRL, because the NRL All-Stars podcast has a multi every single week that we decide to put up there that we have a look and I tell you what, we got some good value on this one. Over six bucks on this one, six dollars five, and we're looking for two different handicaps and two different wingers to score tries. West Tigers versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. We are looking for Alex Johnson to score any time and South to win by twelve plus minus eleven and a half handicap. And then we're also looking for the Roosters to have a fourteen and a half point handicap, and also Daniel Tupo to score a try. So. I reckon that the Roosters can keep it within 15 points, and I also reckon that South's the specials to go 12-plus against the Tigers. And Alex Johnson and Daniel Tubo, they are ready to start scoring tries again. So you get over $6 for that one. If you go to that first game with the South-Tigers matchup and go to Outrights, you'll see our bet there under the NRL All-Stars Bet of the Week. Uh, so jump on there. I love that one. But if you want to go on a pickle bet and sign up with an account today, make sure that you do so with the affiliate code ALLSTARS, or one word. When you sign up there, it'll have a place for affiliate code after you put in all your details to sign up. Just throw in ALLSTARS. That way they know that you've come from our podcast. They know that you're a footy fan and they'll take great care of you. So picklebet.com, absolutely love working with them. They're fantastic to use. And as you would have heard from the ad at the start of the podcast, they've got same game multis that are as good as anyone's at the moment. And they've just launched those the last couple of months. So they've got a huge amount more markets that they've just put in the last couple of months than what they've had before. And they're a real up-and-coming bookie that have better rods a lot of the time than some of the big boys that you might be betting with at the moment. So jump on picklebet.com and have a look. Make sure that you're throwing all-stars as your referral code when you do sign up today. 
As always, when you're betting, though, think, is this a bet that you really want to place for free and confidential support? You can call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Strategy chat time. When we're having a look at the fullback rankings at the moment for the run home, Billy, the first person to talk about is Scotty Drinkwater. So out of all the fullbacks, he's currently number one. He's averaging 86.8 points per game. And it is amazing the run that he's gone on. He's obviously a million and eighty-one thousand dollars now. Uh, break even at one forty-six, but that doesn't even matter at this point. But he's now gone a ton, five out of his last seven games, and the two that he didn't get a ton were ninety-five and eighty-six. One of his tons was his highest score of the year at one seventy-three, which was three weeks ago. And it it's just one of those runs where you watch it going. I don't know where it's going to stop because. When you look at when this run started, he put 117 points on Parramatta at Combank Stadium when Parramatta were really competing. Uh, Melbourne Storm, he put 104 on. Then Penrith, he threw 95 on. And then Souths, a month ago, when they were looking pretty good, he threw 140 on at a core. So even the harder draw didn't make a difference to what Drinkwater was doing. And he's beat up on some other you know, lesser teams, like with his 173 versus Tigers. But his point scoring is unprecedented. He's doing... Over three tries is a game over that period, basically. Um, almost a, a line break try average per game. And he just looks unstoppable. And he's doing it very easily. It's very Nico-esque what he's doing at fullback for the Titans. Obviously, the kickability is that he's 1,081,000. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure um, if you have to pay that. You could probably just let it go just because it's too much money. I think that he'll go really well for the season. I think he'll be one of the best fullbacks that you want to have, but maybe it's too much. I wasn't sure. I've turned around a little bit now because he's playing the Titans this week. I just think that teams need to go and buy him because for me, he's a number one run home fullback. One of the big things with him is he's the one that's the lowest owned. He's 8.2%. So at 8.2% ownership at 1,081,000, he's not going to get highly owned. People cannot afford to do it. This is your chance to get a leg up on everyone. I'll be captaining him this week. We'll talk about that later. But against the Gold Coast Titans, it's phenomenal. Uh, and to finish up on Drinkwater, mate, he's now going to play um, all but 24. And, you know, round 24 is fine. You can cover that. But the Titans, the Broncos, two games in Queensland, a third game in Queensland versus Sharks after that. Uh, and then he's got the Dolphins in Queensland again. So he doesn't actually leave Queensland again until they play Penrith in round 27. That's quite good for Drinky as well. So a lot of money, Billy, but if teams even just have six trades left, I would almost be inclined to at this point go, you know what, for this week I might nuff someone and get Scott Drinkwater in at fullback. Um, I may or may not captain him, um, given that the uh, head-to-head comps I'm still in are in our All-Stars, and those are all your listeners. I don't want to give away <laughs> what I may or may not be doing but I'm strongly thinking about Captain Drinkwater. <laughs> I may or may not already have it on him. Um, yeah, uh, no, it's, I wouldn't say a no-brainer, but it's certainly an option, especially given that he's the last game, game of the round, so you can look at everyone, else, everyone else's and, and, and take an option with your, with your VC, surely. Surely there's a chance that you can muff someone out like a like a forward, forward at the last minute. It just depends on who you want to get rid of. But, yeah, I got him... Um, I think three or four weeks ago at uh, 800, 850,000, mate, I just kind of figured at that kind of price with his draw, just need to, just need to pick him up. But um, 
Um, yeah, it's been absolutely killing it since then. So absolute no-brainer for me, mate. I'm looking forward to uh, captaining, him, captaining him again. Yeah, I, I think that it's a it's a really astute purchase because his ownership's so low. It's it's a way to get there. Even better, I did I didn't know it was eight percent. I hadn't even bothered uh, looking, but um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because he was obviously borderline borderline Origin type selection, and he was pretty expensive at, at the time anyway. That, that that last minute wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and I just think that because he's fullback, there's there's obviously so many other options that people wanted to go for, and it was a good enough argument, yeah. right? Like he. You can't argue with someone that, say, wanted to have Latrell Mitchell, you know, around 10 or whatever, and then someone who said, well, you know, mm. I want to get Caelan Ponger in, who's been going great, or Clint Gutherson. He, he just ended up being the best guy. Yeah. And now you have to pay up if you want to do it. I, I was fortunate. You know, it's things always don't come off for me, so I'm not, you know, going to pretend here and say that it all comes off, but that came off for drink water. I got him around 11-ish, and that was 75 points versus Dragons, and He's probably averaged for me like 130 points since or something ridiculous. It's just been insane. I'll tell you what, hasn't it changed in 12 months? You go back 12 months, and this this time last year, you'd be saying top four fullbacks to own, be sort of Papenhusen, sort of Teddy, Luttrell, and and, and Turbo. Now, this year, nah, you've got got, uh, King Gutho and Drinkwater, mate, and Ponga. The three three guys that weren't performing last year. Oh, it, it is it's pretty insane, and it's been a, a topsy turvy year at fullback for Supercoach. And probably for the listeners, we need to give uh, a little bit of devil's advocate on the on the drink water purchase. It is a lot of money. Um, you wouldn't want teams to handicap themselves or to use their final two trades to do it at this point if they've only got two or three trades. Yeah. Um, and he does have that buy in round twenty four, and it has to be said, out of his five remaining games. Yeah, two of them are captaincy worthy. Gold Coast in round twenty two this week, and then round twenty six versus Dolphins, which is a head to head grand final week. But it has to be said that two of the other five games are against top four teams in the Penrith Panthers and the Broncos as well. So it isn't the best yeah. draw either. The only th- just just very quickly before we move on, um, just off what you said with fullbacks, you don't need to remember you don't need to choose just between the two fullbacks because. Um, there are plenty of other positions where you can have fullbacks. Like you've, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get up there, but CNK has an insane draw coming coming up available at seven three quarter. The hammer is back to fullback. I think the Dolphins have the best draw of the lot. So there's another fullback. Ponga insane draw um, at, at six. You could quite conceivably have you know, between those sort of three guys and two fullbacks plus the Garrick factor. You can have six fullbacks in your team. Yeah, you could. A hundred percent. I mean, with I think that certainly a couple of months ago we spoke about potentially having your second fullback as one of your centre wings um, when everyone was getting injured. I don't think that's the case anymore, though. I think that you want some of these other fullback guys in now. The guy that's second on the list is Clint Gutherson. He's actually averaging eighty-one point three points for the season, so five and a half points worse than what Drinkwater's doing. Uh, and if you look in the second half of the season, uh, Drinkwater's actually well over a hundred points since he's gone on his run, um, but. Clint Gutherson has been exceptional as well. You own him now. I actually just sold him, um, and I sold him to Teddy to free up some cash. It's it's an interesting um, decision to make with Clint Gutherson because he's thrown out 115 points on the weekend. And can, can you believe that four out of the last five games now, he's gone not just 100-plus, but he's gone 115-plus, including two 130 games. And against the Titans, where you thought he would have gone ballistic, he only scored 61, but... It's an insane run that Gutho's been on with a five-round average of 113 points. And he just – he looks like it's going to continue. One of the reasons I sold him, Billy, 
is because I cashed down to Tedesco, which we're going to talk about shortly because he's well down the list. But as well as that, um, I was a little bit worried about that Cowboys matchup with the team that they had. It didn't end up mattering because he had a two-minute spurt of like 40 points. But Melbourne, playing down in Melbourne this week was a bit hard. Yeah. Now, then they've got the Dragons, though, and I was worried about that. So round 23 versus Dragons, that's a captaincy option all day. But then they hit the Broncos, the Roosters, and the Panthers, and they don't play round 27. And if you've got too many Eels in your team like me, I was not going to have enough trades or any trades left by round 27, and I couldn't just bite the bullet and have all those Eels sitting in my side. So it was a pretty easy decision to make because I also needed to free up money. But what do you think about Gutherson for the run home? Because at the moment... He is the second best fullback on averages at eighty one point three. Yeah, I'm keeping him. Um, hundred percent. Reason, uh, first reason, exactly what you just said. He's um his five game rolling average, um, insane. Um, the I don't expect listeners to go back and, and have a listen to preseason, but one of the stats I tracked up early early season is that. Um, when we were evaluating Eels at the start of the season, Moses was 100% avoid because he, his average versus the top, his first eight uh, opponents this year was, I think it was 52 or something rather. Like he, he's, he's, ord- he's ordinary against the top four teams. He's a flat track bully. Gutho is like Munster. Like he thrives against the top teams and struggles against the, the bottom ones more so, more so than not. So the fact that he's been killing it lately doesn't surprise me at all. Um, didn't think that he would be crushing as much as much as he is, but the fact that um, if you go and compare Storm's lineup this year uh, to last year, even though it's in Melbourne, um, I'm le- I'm less scared of them. Like if you look at their front, apart apart from um, apart from uh, obviously Munster Munster and their hooker, if you look at their front row, their their, their second row, their and their outside backs, it doesn't really scream the the Melbourne like the the fear the fear factor of a Melbourne Storm team for the last ten years. So, um, more than happy to play Gutho this week and hold on to him for that Dragons game next week. Beyond that, I'm not really sure, but um, I certainly won't be playing Moses, Moses this week. But uh, Gutho, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, and as a run home option, you do need to consider whether you can you can take that round twenty seven buy or not. Um, if you can't handle that round twenty seven buy, then he's not going to be a run home option for you. Um, well, but think, if you can, think, think of it this way: um, if you, it's a you only really want him for round twenty-seven. If a, you're in it overall and you're going for that, you you you're still going for the number one position, <laughs> which not many of us of us will not not many of us will be in that position. Or mm. b, um, head-to-head finals finished a week before, so you don't really fucking need him for a head-to-head final anyway. So either way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really, really good point. You know, for head-to-head players, it's not going to make any difference anyway. Uh, for overall, I will say there's probably a bit of pride or personal goals at stake, whether it's top 500, top 1,000, top 2,000, whatever. So there's a bit of that. But yeah, you're right. It is a very good point. With the numbers, the Taylor Gutho's numbers, he actually averages the same base base attack as what Drinkwater does. Uh, but he's try scoring. Um, this can either be a glass half empty or a glass half full, depending on if you think he can continue it. He scored eight tries in the last five games, and he looks like a guy that you can back every single week to score a try. Now, if that try scoring continues, like that's a big part of his scoring, and we saw it on the weekend as well with his try assists and everything, but that was the first game on the weekend that he actually hadn't scored a try. He'd scored at least one in his four prior, and actually three out of his four prior, he scored multiples. So big part of it. Ooh, so what's he paying on pickle bet? 
Pickle Bet have had him uh, right around the $2 mark for any time try a lot of the time, which is great value. Bargain. It's come down. Like he was out like a month ago, you would have got him at oh, probably around the 235 240 mark. And he's he's down to $2, but you still get him at pretty close to 2 to 1 odds. See what they are this week. But look, he's going to need to continue that. Now, I will say, again, devil's advocate, if you are looking at Gutho to run home, either to hold or to buy, uh, he has played all these teams, barring the Dragons, already this year. And his scores were 62 versus Melbourne, 37 versus Penrith, 71 versus the Roosters when they were really bad at the start of the year as well, uh, and 86 versus the Broncos. So against his run-home opposition minus the Dragons that he's already played this year, uh, his average isn't actually too good. It's it's 60s. So, you know, does that flip around? Does that continue? Or is he in a rich vein of form now and he's actually playing better? That's something for, for everybody to decide for themselves. But the third guy on the list is actually Kalen Ponger. Obviously, you can have him at six, but we're going to talk about him as a fullback, Billy, because we're looking at fullbacks for the run home. 79.6 points per game. And you know what? He's actually better averaging than Gutho if you account for his injury-affected games. Yep. So he has, has, has an argument that he's actually the best fullback behind Drinkwater at the moment. Uh, 965,000. Another guy that's getting close to the million mark. His form has been phenomenal as well. Um, I always think that it's it's sort of been a bit of a shame that so many have gotten on him. And that's the difference between, you know, if you're talking about buying someone and you're looking at Kalen Ponger and drink water, it's why I'll always say drink water because Kalen Ponger is 34% owned now. That's been climbing very steadily, whereas drink water is at you know, 8% owned. It's a massive difference. So getting on Ponger now, you're going to keep up with teams. He does have a great draw, though, and he doesn't have any buys left. So I do love him. I've got him at six at the moment. I'd certainly look at him as a fullback if you were looking at needing a fullback. Canberra Raiders this week, Dolphins the following week, decent matchups. But then Newcastle play their last four games of the year or all at home at McDonald Jones Stadium. It is ridiculous. Last four games at home, Bulldogs, South Sydney, Sharks, Dragons round 27. Two out of those four, Kalen Ponger is a vice-captain or captaincy option for sure, and all of them are played in Newcastle, which is really good for them. So he, he looks phenomenal for the run home. I'd actually have him ahead of Gutherson because he doesn't have a buy and because of the draw, Billy. But the important question is, does Luke Garrity own him? He does, and he's back in love with him. Kalen Ponger, all, all wrongs <laughs> have been forgiven. I can tell you that. It's a it's a breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to message him last week, but he uh, he signaled on cloud nine, and rightly so. There, um, he, he certainly found his element, hasn't he? Like he's he's just a natural fullback. I don't I miss watching him play there, mate. The bloke's an absolute machine. Um, it looks like it took him a couple of games to to get back in the swing of things, but um, yeah, not 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 everyone is a Darren Lockyer sort of months of months of type convert, mate. I think this is just his natural position. He just just looks so brilliant and damaging there. He does, and there's a couple of key things with him as well. Um, when we're talking about these insane fullback runs, so four out of um, sorry five out of his last six games, he's gone ninety plus in. So that's that's a pretty insane run as well. And the one that he didn't was forty seven points against Penrith at Penrith. So. That's one thing. But the second thing and the key for me with him and his value is that even though he kicked poorly on the weekend, he's got the goal kicking back now. 
And that was oh, it's horrible. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was terrible kicking on the weekend, but that's always such a good part of his value, Billy, because the Knights have shown that they can score points when they're firing, and they've been firing pretty well. Like they put points on Melbourne on the weekend, and with the draw they've got coming up, they're going to score points, and he's going to get goal kicks from that. So that's a positive as well, even if it's only seven or eight points a game because he's not a great kicker. It's still just that really nice floor that it gives him. Yeah, and I, th- uh, I think when I messaged you earlier today um, um, with that run that you obviously kind of picked up on, um, a lot of the games are, aren't too late in the weekend as well. So, and w- with the with the um, the buys from key, from key teams, particularly with Broncos coming up, I think it's round twenty six as well. Um, he, he 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 definitely gives you that VC option. You can chuck out. You can just put the um, the captaincy on someone like Haas if you if you if you really need an AE that round. Yeah, and to finish off on Ponga with his point scoring, you know, his base base attack is 41. That's six points off Gutherson and Drinkwater. Yeah. But if you add in the fact that he's goal kicking now and put that as part of his base, yeah. he's actually got a better floor than what Drinkwater and Gutherson yeah. plus, 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 it's a soft draw. Like, law of averages with goal kicking is a, it's, you know, it's an average throughout the year. Um, come when you come to a time of five or six game soft soft run, um, the average is going to lift as well. So you'd ha- you'd have to think he's got at least what twelve to fourteen points in goals at him per game. Oh, it'd be nice if he's got that many. Um, but certainly, you know, both Drinkwater and Gutherson aren't going to be goal kicking, so that's a definite plus for Ponga. And I'd rate his yeah. draw as the best out of the three. But when we're looking at the yeah, the 100%. fourth best guy, Billy. Is averaging almost the same as Ponga on the year, 79.5 points, and that is Latrell Mitchell. Now, the obvious selling points on him is that his ownership is only 7% at the moment, so it's hugely low. But I'd advise teams not to get caught out on this. You know, he's less owned than what drink order is, but after teams trade him in this week, he's going to be 16, 17% owned plus. So he's he's going to be out of pod territory by the time you play him for the first game. His his trade-ins are almost at 10% already for this week. So Really? Yeah, he's he's getting traded in massively this week, which we'll talk about in Market Watch um, when we look at the numbers, but he's mm. he's not going to be at 7%. And that was the big draw, draw card for him. He is going to be a goal kicker for a side that can score points. He's playing the Tigers this week, which is a huge matchup. I'm going to be super controversial, Billy, and say I've got no interest in Latrell Mitchell at all. And the reason that I don't is because he just spent 12 weeks on the sideline and he's returning to get to West Tigers, but I would expect him to return pretty slow. It's a leg injury, not a shoulder injury. So he hasn't been running. Uh, I think that he's only been sprinting for about a week. We all know that that's... He hasn't been, he hasn't been running for three years. Well, that's what I was about to say. We all know it's a worry for Latrell when he doesn't run much, right? <laughs> he's uh, carrying a few extra kilos. <laughs> playing at fullback, you know, I... I dare say that they probably could have played him last week and they might have just wanted to get fitness into him because even if you just look yeah. at the start of the year, Billy, he went 73, 62, 66, 34, and 67 in his first five weeks of the year. Yeah, that's not that's not bad, Yeah, but it's around about a 60 average, which, you know, it's it's just not enough. That's when you're coming back from off-season as well when you're unfit and you just come back from the same type of layoff. 12 weeks is a very long layoff, isn't it? So, I mean, I, I would be shit scared to get him in, especially when you consider he's got the worst base-base attack, even if you put his um, goal-kicking in of, of anyone. So, I I would be very scared to get him in. But am I being too cautious or too off Latrell? No, no, not at all. But particularly when it was a calf injury as well. I mean, what's to say there's no, there's no, there's no twinge in the game when, like... They're gonna they're gonna put forty points on the target. So, so who's to say someone else doesn't kick for him? Well, that that's 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good point as well. Like, if he doesn't have the goal kicking, then all of a sudden you've got a base base attack that's in the 30s. Um, if Blake Taft gets put up to the bench, then it's big danger signs. And their draw, like, we've got to talk about the rest of it. Tigers this week is great. Sharks the next week isn't as good. Um, Dragons and Newcastle aren't bad the next two. But then they've got around 26 by, and then they play the Roosters. Not a great end. Is it at, um, is this one at Leichhardt or Campbelltown? Because I'm pretty sure it was away from Bunnies, wasn't it? Uh, it's away, but I think they're playing in the country. So it's not anyone's right. home ground. My only fear was if that was at Leichhardt, ugh, not exactly the Brookvale Fortress, but the uh, the locals go ballistic for those games. Yeah, they do. I mean, look, I think that the only reason that he's even a look this week, to be honest, is because he's playing the Tigers. I think that if he was playing yeah. any like any of the top eight teams, you just you wouldn't you just have to wait a week because he's got a one thirty five BE anyway. You just have a look. You can't really afford to do that, I don't think, because if you really want him playing the Tigers, you may as well just get him now. I'm just going to say outright, you know, like he could go well because it's a Troy Mitchell. He's one of the best players in the league, but to me, Drinkwater uh, and Ponga uh, are clearly above him. And I think that there's a, an argument that if you've got Gutherson, I would hold him and not trade him to Latrell yeah. either. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But my, you know, I lived in Bowman for 10 years, and my only, my only disappointment is that I uh, I never ever got to go to Leichhardt Oval. I always wanted to go, but um, especially when there was an Eels game. But unfortunately, the Eels are just way too big for Leichhardt, mate. <laughs> How did you live there for that long and not get to a Bowman game? Well, because the Tigers were shit and the Eels were too big to play there. They were a local rivalry. <laughs> they always went to Sydney Football Stadium or something. Oh, surely you could have gone and watched them play, you know, the Roosters or something. Yes. Mate, I remember, I remember being, I remember being in uh, the Sackville Hotel one day. I'm sitting down sitting down, having a beer. Uh, Lloyd Takiri comes in and Chris Lawrence is sitting down. <laughs> I, said, I said, Chris, you going to the game, mate? Nah, man, I'm sitting here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> great pubs in our main Sackville's a great one we used to do a uh, a big news pub crawl that we did for about five years where we had 20 different our main ones and we'd do a crawl down and finish at the London and then um, then walk down and see the fireworks and everything and everyone just buys from the bottle and brings it outside and drinks on the street it's fantastic new years there I, I love the London Hotel although the last time I went there this is, this is going back about 10, 10 years Oh, last me too. Don't worry. It's the least last, last, last time I went there, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there with Mrs. Marion, and um, she says oh, she got some prawns or something. Else. She's so excited, and I and I'm excited too because the eels are about to play. I went to the bartender. And said, hey, babe, excuse me, mate. What what time's the um the uh? Can you switch the uh, the footy over? What 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 time's the start? I'm sick of this AFL crap because I oh, know, mate. There's only twenty minutes to go. The eels are down thirty to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, mate. <laughs> guess what? Guess what? I watch it then. Uh, there's a, the great pubs, great pubs around around Leichhardt, it's, Yeah, good times, Billy. But the next fullback, Reese Walsh, uh, seventy six and a half points per game, seventeen percent owned. Can I just say he's going to be in the twenties as well for ownership because he's the third or fourth most traded in player this week too. So I mean. I guess the the selling point for a Reese Walsh is that he's only six hundred sixty five thousand. So he's between, he's actually more than four hundred thousand less than what Drinkwater is, which is incredible. Um, Three hundred thousand dollars less than what most of the other ones are. So he's a cheap option. Uh, as far as the draw goes, they do have around twenty five by, but their draw goes Roosters, Cowboys, Para, Canberra, Melbourne. And only one of those is actually at Suncorp because of the Broncos used up all their Suncorp games because they haven't left there yet. So it's uh, 
joking, Broncos fans, joking. But you know, you a lot of Suncorp games already. Are they not playing any at um uh oh, what's the cricket ground called? Um Gabba. Or was that just Yeah, they've got off? a couple at the Gabba. They got a couple at the Gabba. So actually they still don't have to leave Queensland. They've still got four out of the five at Queensland still. Um but one of them's at Suncorp. So, you know. The Gabba games are there too. So I guess they've got three home games in the last five. Um, one of them at Townsville versus the Cowboys. The draw, though, Roosters, Cowboys, Power, Canberra, Melbourne is why I would actually rank Walsh below everyone else. Yeah. Um, despite the fact he's got that massive start to the year, he only actually scored two tons in the first couple of months when he was on fire, and they were 105, 101. The other fullbacks have just surpassed him for me because they've all got the big tons and they're doing the big tons, and he hasn't. He's, his career high is 116, which he scored a few weeks ago. So. Um, he just doesn't have those big ones in him for me. We saw in round 17 versus Gold Coast, that was a game where you thought, geez, this is a ton begging for Reese Walsh playing the Gold Coast at Suncorp, and he scored 22 points. Yeah. You know, that's that's in 80 minutes. He reminds me of Latrell, mate. Latrell type mold. He's not a big worker, not just doesn't have a big sort of tackle bus rate. He's more of a, um, look, you'll see him once every 15, 20 minutes, he'll finish something off, get 20 points. He just doesn't keep the goals. Like he, he reminds me of Latrell Mitchell minus the goals. Like someone that will just is absolutely spectacular in verse, but in verse only. You don't have those points in between, which is why he doesn't score the one fifties. Yep. Surprisingly, he's got his average up though. He's only a point off uh, Gutho and also uh, Drinkwater's base base attack, which is surprising. Uh, but I I just think that he's going to average well below those top few options myself for the run home. The hand grenade guys after this. Yeah, Dylan Edwards is number nine. I don't want to be little Dylan Edwards. 591000 is very cheap. I'm writing him off, though. I, I don't think that he can compete with everybody else that we just spoke about. Do you disagree with me? I've never bothered entertaining him in my team at all in the last 10 years. There you go. I wasn't disrespecting Dylan Edwards. It was all Billy. But James Tedesco <laughs> is the hand grenade option out of all of them. He is by far gone the worst, 67 points per game, uh, 67.3 to give him a bit of credit. But when you're talking about runs and how he's been going lately, he's now got a three-round average of 85 and a five-round average of 87.8. He's 700,000, so reasonably priced, much more attainable, 380,000 less than what a drink water is, for example. Uh, and we just saw on the weekend that he carved up the Titans for 134 points, which was his season high. And how he did that uh, was pretty much how you want to see Teddy play. And if you own him, he was backing up. He was going through the middle of the ruck and he was looking like making multiple line breaks. He has a decent draw. And this is one of the good things for the Roosters at the moment. If there is any, they don't have any buys left and the draw is decent. They go Broncos this week, Manly at the SCG, Dolphins, Parramatta, West Tigers in the head-to-head grand final week, and that is key. And then South Sydney in the final match of the of the year for them. So they've only got um, three out of their remaining games, 50% of them, against top eight teams. The other three are not. And the Tigers, Dolphins, and even arguably Manly could be uh, captaincy or vice-captaincy options for Tedesco. So cheap price, uh, and he's been playing a hell of a lot better. Now, when you have a look at, how much better he's been playing. If you look from round 12 onwards, Billy, so basically the second half of this season, 50% of the time he's tunned. He's gone 118, 118, 66, a poor 32, 89 and 134. That's as good a uh, run of as far as no bad scores or you know very little bad scoring 
as what any of the top fullbacks are doing. So have what have what we've seen from Tedesco's turnaround the last couple of months, is that going to continue, do you think? Or are you worried that it might actually revert and he might not be worth going as a second fullback for the run home? I reckon he'll continue. It's just a matter of, can you afford drink water? Yes, no. If not, Teddy, I think Teddy's one of the, one of the key options. I'd probably prefer to have um, Teddy over Mitchell, actually, because I, I just don't trust the injury. And um, I, if, if he was playing Tigers next week, Latrell, I'd much prefer that. But, um, yeah, I, I think with Latrell's injury, I'd pr- probably prefer, prefer the Teddy factor, particularly at the price, too. Um, gives you an option of upgrading elsewhere, maybe to a Cody Walker to offset the um, the Latrell factor. So you get um, you get uh, best of both worlds. Yep, that's a that's a good point as well. And I would say too, the biggest selling point that I would have on Tedesco is ten point seven percent. That's his ownership, and he's not being brought in hugely. So he might be twelve, maybe thirteen percent, but that is very low ownership for James Tedesco. It will make him the lowest owned fallback option out of everyone that we talked about, except for Drinkwater. Uh, so you know that's that's key. Like if you, I'm running Drinkwater and Teddy at the moment, and that means that both of my fullbacks, who are averaging between 85 and 110 over the last six weeks, are owned at 8.2 percent and 10.7 percent, and that's not going to go up much on either of them. And that's a way that I'm chasing. So you know I like that combination for myself. Um, certainly I think Ponga is a better option than Teddy, but I've got Ponga at six. If you don't have Ponga at six, I would put Ponga over Teddy. But I think that there's an argument that with the draw, Teddy could outdo Gutherson. Um, and I agree with you. I like him better than Mitchell and Walsh because of yep. the, the draw, the no buy, and also the um, the low scoring factors that those guys could have as well. But better we agree on something to start a show? Yeah, it was a little bit too agreeable. I thought that you might have pushed back a little bit on Teddy, but um, yeah, it's it, look it, we, again. We've got to go devil's advocate. It, it can go back very badly. He was struggling to average sixty points for the first two months of the season, and he had some real low games and also no real big ones. It took him until round twelve, not just to get his first ton, but for him to go his first eighty-plus score. So you know, I took. Chooks were absolutely horrible by the start of the year. They were, and whether they still are going to be or not, you know, they played well on the weekend against the Titans. They've played well better than for the last month. If they lose one more game, they're very much on life support and unlikely to be able to even make the eight if they win every other game. So, I mean, do you think that might? Do you think that's a concern, or do you think that Teddy will just play out the season hard anyway and you know put on points regardless, even if they're out of the eight? Oh, I think he's. I think he still puts in. He's not. I don't think any sort of player is a type of bloke to go. You know, I'm, I'm done for the year. Um, showing the fact that the last game of the year is that um, the, that local derby. I, I don't think he'll be sort of switching off there. Particularly for particularly for means putting the Souths out of finals. Yeah, very good point. And the the, the Tigers around twenty six head to head grand finals. I, I can't knock it around that. That's um that's a really big one. If yeah. you've got drink water and. Tedesco, you've only got one buy between them on the run home. Um, so that's a pretty good deal. If you can't afford drink water, um, Ponga and Tedesco actually has no buys between them on the run home. So that's something important to consider. Billy, that was a really good talk on fullbacks for the run home. Um, I think all of them are good options. I have to say that Walsh and Mitchell are below and and maybe you know Clint Gutherson in that next tier and, and drink water. Ponga probably in the top tier, but any of them I could see you know, going to run. I'm not going to say that, you know, any of them can't beat anyone on their day or on their run and we're in this home stretch. Who knows? Everyone's going to make their own decisions, but hopefully that gave everyone a bit of information to consider. 
just fearful there's another 16 positions we haven't gone through yet. We're not going to start talking about Kane Evans for now, now, are we? <laughs> no, nah, Kane, Kane Evans can stay on the curb, mate. We won't, we won't take him out of park just yet. Um, mate, I still remember our first ever podcast. <laughs> you loved the Kane Evans signing, didn't you? The Eels just didn't didn't quite live up to expectations, huh? I'm just constantly reminded we talked about him for about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, watch round 22. Um, so this this is going to be fairly quick fire because at the end of the day, we've spoken about a lot of the guys that are traded in or out. So you've already got a fair bit of info on that. Traded out though, uh, Tohu Harris, 5.5% trading him out. Uh, I get it. Like He's got the buy this week, Billy. And yep. what Tohu is doing is what I was scared that he would do, which is why I never bought him. He's gone 52 and 38 last two weeks. That's 56 and 36 minutes that he's played. Even the week before when he scored 94 versus Reels, he only played 59 minutes. He hasn't played 80 minutes since round 13, which is a long time ago now. So it makes sense to trade him out. Um, can you, you're on board with trading him out at 29% ownership with the scores that he's been throwing up? Oh, yeah. Well, particularly with a soft draw coming up means that they don't have to play him. So, yeah, the outside backs the ones you want to own. The the bandages on the on on both knees, <laughs> triple strap doesn't exactly scream excitement either. <laughs> Nico Hines is the second most traded player out, and four point four percent of teams, two thousand two hundred fifty nine teams have already traded out Hines. We already had about the same training out last week. I just I'm going to go on a rant here, Billy. This is going to be my rant of the podcast. This absolutely kills me. I cannot believe that anyone is trading out Hines. I've I've Posted on Central, on Facebook, on the Supercoach groups everywhere. I've, I've had discussions about this. I've disagreed with a lot of people. I do not see any argument whatsoever as to why you should trade out Nico Hines. Let me just paint a picture here, Billy, and then you can tell me what you think. I'm going to trade out the best player in the game who is averaging the best points by the biggest margin we have ever seen and has against the, the top eight teams and the best teams in the comp, who's got, he's got a bad record against who he only wins like 30% of the time, 28% of his games against top eight teams, he wins. He still, if you just go on that average against top eight teams, averages better than anybody else in the game. And I'm going to trade him out because why? Why am I going to trade him out, Billy? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. And I, I, like, I don't want to disparage people from trying different things or trying to grab runs and all this. That's all part of the game and part of Supercoach. You don't do it with the best guy in the game that is such a prolific scorer like Hines. Hines averages 99.2 points per game. The Cleary is averaging 16 points less. The Sean Johnson argument comes up. I'd rather Sean Johnson for the run. Nico Hines doesn't need a run. He averages 99 points versus everyone. And if you want to go against the hard teams, he averages 87 points, which when you look at Sean Johnson's average for the year, it's 76.6. Like Nico is still 11 points better than Sean Johnson. Just if you look at Nico's hard games where he loses against top eight teams, he's still 11 points better. And Johnson is playing the best he can possibly play all year. This is Sean Johnson's peak. And if you look at his averages, Sean Johnson's peak and how good he has been this year has been 23 points worse than what Hines is. I have a feeling what a lot of people are looking at here is um, the fact that, you know, oh, sorry, excuse me, the win loss record of all the, um, the the Sharks versus the top four teams over the last two or three years. And I agree. Yes, it's horrendous. Yes, they can't beat the top four teams. 
But that doesn't mean Nico scores zero. Lindsay only gets, what, three or four tries just a game as opposed to 60. It's still an 80 average. We're in round 22 now. Nico Hines only has two scores below 70. Forget 60 plus, two scores below 70. There you go. And if you want to look at 80, he has four scores below 80 all year. So, yeah, so what? He's overpriced. Who cares? He's still getting 80. Is the point? Well, you already own him, right? Like these are people that are selling him. Like there's no, you don't, you don't sell him to make some money to downgrade. Like you're, you're downgrading too many points. And this is the thing. Like it, if you downgrade another position, Billy, like you can downgrade a front rower and say, look, I'm going to lose five points, but I'll, I'll use the money elsewhere. You can't lose 15, 20 points in a position like that, especially when it's the most points in the game. If if you were doing Hines to Cleary and using the extra funds to go someone to drink water. Makes sense. Like I can see why you would do it in some situations, but just going a pure a pure Hines to Cleary, I don't get that. That's where I struggle. People are going Hines to Cleary. That is the most popular trade, and what? that's that's a downgrade. You're, Cleary, you're downgrading. Cleary's got a tougher, Cleary's got a tougher draw. <laughs> Well, it's only a hundred grand that you're making out of it, so you're not doing it because of the money. Like, and look, everyone listening, if you're doing this, if you're one of those guys, if that's your gut feel, go for it. You know, it's your team. You got to have fun with it. Yeah, but I, I just don't understand it because to me, Hines to Cleary is a downgrade. Hines to SJ is a massive downgrade. Any way you go from Hines, you're downgrading in points hugely. So I just think about that before you do it. Um, as far as the draw goes, it doesn't make any difference for him. It makes a difference for the other guys. It doesn't for him. But I will say, Billy, with the draw, I think it is hugely overstated how hard it is. He's got Penrith this week, which sucks. Souths are next week. Souths have been giving up points. Round 24, he has the Gold Coast Titans. Oh, my God. If you do not own Nico Hines at Points Bet Stadium Cronulla, playing against the Gold Coast Titans in a couple of weeks, you may very well lose 400 points because he could go 200 top score for the whole season. He put 180 on St. George in round four in his first game back from injury. He could score 200 that round, Billy. That's a 400-point swing for you not owning him as a captain. Yep. <laughs> I'm just doing the math in my head. Going, yep. I agree. <laughs> well, then he finishes off with the Cowboys, the Knights, and the Raiders. Like, it's not it's not that hard. It's Yeah, I, I think people are looking way too much into it. Certainly don't buy, you know, Sharks wingers, but for Hines... Oh yeah, yeah. Agree with the outside backs, but the but the, but the Nico factor. We talked about this this afternoon. Outside backs, yeah, I I, I see why. But Nico, I, my God, no, not for me. Sean Johnson, um, people are trading out. Um, I I actually understand that. Like people are bringing him in as well, but I understand it because they do have a buy. My preference would be Cleary and Hines to run home with, and that's what people are doing. Um, but certainly. I've seen people make the argument that you can hold Johnson and not go Cleary. I actually understand that more than, you know, not going Hines. Like I could see someone going SJ and Hines for the run home because I already have them. Um, but with SJ having the buy this week, it's a pretty easy trade, almost a straight swap to Nathan Cleary. So it does make a lot of sense. Well, yeah, like, I, like I'd love to have SJ for the run home, but not at the expense of... Um, of um... Yeah, Hines or Cleary. Moses, I would consider dumping for SJ, but I would prefer to... SJ doesn't play this week and Moses has a storm. So you just... Either way, basically, there's no play. Uh, Moses has Dragons next week. I would I would play him there 
there for that one, captaining them, and then switch to SJ for the run home. That, that's, that's the only thing I can say about SJ. Yeah. And a lot of these other trade-outs, like, they're, they're guys who are injured or it makes sense. You know, Wilton, um, Tino, they're injured. We've got Buller going out, Tafare, Reed Marty's been benched. The, the only couple are probably Gutherson, who we've already spoken about. And then the other one that's left in the top tier yeah. that we haven't spoken about is Preston. So Preston's been named this week, so he's back. I understand teams trading him out because maybe they don't have any other options. He's a fine trade out. What I will say though with Preston is if you do have other guys to trade out, you know, he might be someone, if you look at the draw, that you might be surprised about. Playing the Dolphins edge this week, I would play Preston. And I have to say, yeah. like, kick out back helps them. Um, Josh had a car back. You know, they've, they've got a few guys back this week. This is basically the strongest side that they could field this week for the Dogs. And half the starting side, I think, is different than last week because of all the returning players. So it's a different team. Um, Dolphins, then they have a bye, but then they have Newcastle, Raiders, Manly, and the Gold Coast Titans. Most of those edges, aside from possibly Canberra, uh, all of the edges are actually pretty susceptible for someone like Preston. And he is a guy that can throw up a try, um, has been able to throw up a ton this year. So I just feel like the Bulldogs draw, they could actually run home with a wet sail a little bit and get a bit of pride. So if I had someone else other than Preston, I was considering it, it might be better to hold Preston. But I obviously understand people tr- trading him out, Billy, still. Yeah, mate, I'm really excited about um, that game this week. I don't own Preston, got rid of him a long time ago. But if I, if you if you held on to him, I'd be playing him this week. Um, I'm actually really excited about Karaz this week. That that, that his scores the last three weeks with no tries or, or I think he's I think he had one one assist in one game. But basically to go 70-70-70 against the teams that, that he has, I, I can't wait to see what he can punch up this week versus the Dolphins. So, um, but uh, similar similarly as well, pretty excited about what Ozarko can do as well. Yeah, and Karaz isn't in the top ten, but we may as well talk about him. Um, as a as a trading option because he is someone who I got in a few weeks ago for the buy and I was looking forward to this dog's draw yep. that I just mentioned. Same. And he's just three weeks he's averaged seventy. I couldn't ask for much more, but he's still only five hundred and four thousand. He's got a twenty four BE. Now I don't think that many people are going to look at him just because it's the dogs, but obviously he's gone seventy average the last three weeks with only one try involved, like you said. And he's got this draw. Move yeah, from wing as well. He's moved from well, he's ball. people were worried, Billy, that his um his raw base would go down because of the runs. He's actually averaged in the last two weeks uh, thirty nine forty in raw base, and that's better than what he's done in all these games, bar a few at the start of the year. Yeah. So still running, still running, and getting more tackles. And we're actually seeing him, I think, offload more too. Um, the last couple of weeks and what we were seeing when he came back from injury. So a lot of good signs for him. And I think that people could go a lot worse than going the pod player, buying him at 500k as a center win for this matchup versus the Dolphins at home. Yeah. And they're pretty, they're pretty keen on that. Um, Avarillo move to um, the seven, is it? Um, so if that maintains, he's obviously, that, that obviously frees up Avarillo from the, the right center position. So um, he stays there. Um I tell you what, if he can punch out some decent scores in, in the sort of 65, sort of 75 with without too much attack between now and the end of the year, if he gets named at centre to start the next year, surely he'd have to be one of the one of the uh, one, one of the one of the premium sort of 550, 600k ones you get in early. But we'll talk about that next year. Yeah, we sure will, and I know that we will be. Um, but even right now, he looks like a decent buy. 53 base base attack for the year. 
and that's let's pick back up to where it was just about. So I, yeah. I like him for this week. You mentioned Asako too. He's not in the top ten, but he is a uh, definite. He was not now. Unfortunately, he's fallen out of it, but he's a definite one to talk about for getting in because he should be close to top ten. I've looked at him as a non-owner under six hundred thousand. Billy, uh, he's averaging seventy-four for the season. And much like the the Bulldogs, the Dolphins have a pretty good run home, don't they? Uh, they've got three out of six that are going to be at home. And they play the Bulldogs this week, which is obviously good because he's a goal kicker. And then they have the Knights at home. Then the Roosters away, the Tigers away. Two home games that are harder to finish off on in the Cowboys and the Warriors. But they still don't play uh, Penrith, Brisbane, Melbourne, a lot of these other top teams that are harder in that run home. So I quite like the Dolphins' run home. Do you, he's obviously you know fallen down quite a bit. The last five rounds, his high has been 66. Uh, he's got a 35 in there last week. It's a far cry from the hundreds that he was throwing up uh, in that mid-season portion. Do you think that he gets back to what he was doing? Because my concern would be he's been pretty middling the last sort of four or five weeks. You know, It's a bit of a worry if you're going to buy him and he's going to throw up 50s and 60s only. Yeah, but I think the the... the... The, the, the dynamic of their draw change. If you go back and have a look at who they've been playing over the last few weeks, as as compared to what, when they went on that bit of a tear, I think you'll find that sort of the, the draw is a lot softer now than what it has been. So, I think he gets back to some you know falling over the line type capability. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, um, and I think that the goal kicking is going to really help him. He's down to thirty four point eight percent. He was actually you know up to fifteen twenty percent higher than that during the season. So. Uh, not a bad buy at all. But when we are looking at the top 10, um, Nathan Cleary, you know, makes sense. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, we've already spoken about. Reese Walsh, we've spoken about. Cam Murray is number four. I actually really like this one. He'd just gone up 51,000. But I have to say, at 533,000, he's still got value. At 18%, he's still low enough owned. And the last two weeks, he's gone 76 and 86. Uh, and he played 76 minutes on the weekend because they were a bit short of middle forwards. But it, it does look like the last three weeks that Cam Murray has been back the last three round average he's got 72.7 points and he's poised for this this bit of a run post origin here for the run home obviously south have that round 26 spy billy which isn't good but the tigers this week sharks dragons newcastle roosters it's a good draw you know you would have thought you know the sharks were a hard one there but the way they're giving up points at the moment they're not really and all of a sudden all their games look like they could put some points on so I, I like someone like Murray for the run home at his price. He's a good downgrade option and probably not enough teams have been looking at him the last few weeks when he's really bottomed out. Yeah, I think minutes are the key there. Um, I think the Latrell <laughs> the factor actually helps him too. Uh, reason being, Latrell is such a brilliant player and with a soft draw, surely him and him and him and Walker kind of carve up. So I think players like AJ obviously sort of are the are the um organic recipients of um increasing points. But I think if rabbits start going on a tear, momentum is is a big thing. I talk about that a lot. If you've got big momentum and you you're constantly and you're constantly um in possession, a guy like a guy like um Murray um in the imposing to the 30, 30, 40 meter line for, for um, for, for the opposition, so much more um, clutch potential. So even even if he's not getting as much ball as before, I think I think you'll find there's a bit more opportunity for him as well. So I really think that the draw and the troll factor actually um, um, add some value to him as well. Yeah, I think the troll troll back is going to help everyone. Uh, and the other guy that's highly purchased this week is Cody Walker, number seven and the most trading in players. 
And I really like him this week. I own him already, but 671,000. Uh, he's only played one game in the last few weeks. And I think that people forget now that he averaged 73 for the year because he threw up 55 last week, didn't play for two weeks before that because of origin. He's had a stunning year. Uh, and I've actually back- backed him to run home better than Munster because I decided I'm not, I'm not going to swap Cody Walker for Kevin Munster. I think that I, I can beat Kevin Munster with Cody Walker. And he's got lower ownership as well. So I'm running home with Ponga and Walker as my sixes. This week versus the Tigers, it's fantastic. And then in two weeks' time versus the Dragons, it's another one. We're two out of the next three games. He could end up being a sneaky vice-captaincy option and you could end up looping him. He's already got a score of 132 this year, but he's also got uh, four tons for the year already and he's probably going to get five or six for the season by the time we're done. So yeah, it, it looks wouldn't. pretty good. I wouldn't call him a sneaky VC option. I think he's an obvious one <laughs> this week. Well, I don't know how many people would do it, really. Um, like, really? Yeah, I think... VC, why wouldn't you? I just think there's other options. And also, he's not highly owned either. And like people... I do. Well, people will look at Latrell in this game. And I guarantee you people will be looking at Latrell uh, for the VC here. Um, some of the other ones, I mean, it probably is a bit more obvious, I guess. But uh, what do you think about him versus Munster, though? Because Munster's not being purchased much this week. Cody Walker is. Obviously, some of those teams own Munster, but some of them don't, and they're going for a Walker for the run home. But yeah, but Munster here, yeah, I looked at that as well. But see, Munster doesn't really have as many like, massive scores in him. He's, he's more of a consistent 70 type scorer. And he's got the Eels this week who have beaten them, what, three out of four games in the last uh, couple of years. Um, you've also got uh, Storm actually have, check the draw for me, I'm pretty sure they have um, Panthers as well. Yeah, and they got the Broncos the last game. I think it's those three games between 24 and 26 months has got a big chance where he's playing the Raiders, the yeah. Dragons, and the Titans. Well, let's get it. You've got the Tigers this week, VC. Um, I can't remember who he's got in the next sort of two or three weeks, but I'm pretty sure there was, might have been a difficult game in there, like Chooks or something or other. But then they also had um, a Dragons game or a Dolphins game in there as well. Yeah, they got the Dragons and Titans and the Storm. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be go. the hard there ones. And it, I mean, for me, with the Cody Walker thinking, um, if I end up with one trade left and I hit round 26 when the Souths have the draw, the Titans are playing the Storm that week, I'll just straight swap Cody Walker to Ken Munster for the last two weeks with my final trade. Yeah, and that's enough. a bit of a plan for me. Um, but I, I love the Cody Walker buy this week. I think he's going to do really well. Uh, and, in fact, we'll segue into a bit of a pod purchase. It's not in the top 10. If you're looking at a downgrade, or a run-home option that's cheap. Um, we spoke about someone like Karaz at 500K. Alex Johnston is around 500K now as well, and he came Ooh. out with an 82 on the weekend. It's his first good score since around 14. But he's playing the Tigers, and he's coming off an 82 with one try. He's only scored um, three tries in his last five games, which is pretty low for him. And he's on a bit of a drought at the moment where he's got two out of his last four. He hasn't actually scored a try. Against the Tigers this week at 515,000 and with the Dragons in another two weeks, um, all of a sudden, if you're looking at a downgrade option, I think he's a pretty good hand grenade and he's pretty low owned as well. So just another one with the South South bandwagon for this week against the Tigers. Did he end up getting all 16 of those line breaks last week or did they take a couple <laughs> away? No, uh, he, got, he, got, he got all of them. Yeah, they you paid all of them. You're kidding. No, they paid them all. I think that the rule is basically, and like, this is if there's, if there's a gap in front of you, it doesn't matter how far ahead, it's a long break. I, I think it's loosely based on about 10 meters, and you know, it's not 
don't quote it as criteria or any anything anyone like it's but i think it's loose criteria is if they can run 10 meters like and there's no one in front of them then they're essentially into a line break so I think that he basically did that in each of them and that's why he got it um, because the sliding cover defence took a while and his speed right. helps with that, right? Because he's so fast at making up that ground, he can get there. Right, okay, that makes sense. I don't like it, but it makes sense. <laughs> I loved it as an owner, although he only put on about four points in the second half last week. But, you know, he can't have everything. Sounds like AJ. Look, the last one's to finish up on Billy. Um, everyone's buying front rowers. Payne Haas, Corey Horsberg, and also Joseph Tarpin. Yeah. I like all three of them. I've actually got horse and tapping at the moment, and I was planning on getting Payne Haas, but I've decided just to run with taps and, and the horse. Yep, makes sense. Um, how, how do you see? How do you see these three though? Because all of them are getting purchased quite a bit, obviously to play front row for teams. Um, if I had um, um, your front row horse and taps, I wouldn't bother with anyone else. I just don't see any value in getting someone else that might get you an extra what ten points. I just don't see the way the value in the trade, particularly with the draw the Raiders have. But there's there's absolutely no reason why Horse or Tuppany can go on a tear and, and alternate a, a single line break or a try between them over the next five weeks, mate. There's just Tuppany hasn't scored one yet, and and the Horse is going really well. So I just think it's an absolute waste of a trade to get someone like um like like Haas in. Um, Tino, I really I really like, but same sort of thing. Do you really do you really want to get uh, use a trade to get him in for one or two weeks? No, he, his suspension's pretty much killed him now as far as the trading, I think. Yeah, I bought him for one week, got fifty points and sold him. <laughs> that was awesome. Classic trade. Worst of the year. Let's talk about the games, Billy. Um quickly. Yeah. Broncos and Roosters are the first game up. Uh I don't think there's too much to talk about. I don't think that Reese Walsh or Teddy could probably be vice-captain options, although depending on who you own, uh, you know, you could probably, you know, take a stab that Teddy could go another 130 and and upset them, or maybe Reese Walsh could throw up 100. You could try and take a stab at it. If you went back five years and Teddy was playing on, on a Friday night, it's not a no-brainer, but it's pretty much the VC of choice plenty would be doing. Um, whether Teddy can still do it, I don't know. I, I think there's other options, but if you had to choose one in this game, he's the obvious yeah, like I will say with Teddy, it, it might sound a bit crazy to people, and I'm not putting my Roosters cap on when I say this, but Tedesco has scored 176 versus the Broncos before. It actually does quite like playing against them. Um, yeah. He scored 99 in his last game last year against them, and I think the year before last in 2021, where the Broncos started the season quite well, uh, that's when he threw up his big score against them, and they actually did him by 40 points or something like that. Uh, he's got a pretty good record against them. With some big scores, so yeah, it's maybe maybe a bit of an option depending on the makeup of your team. But we should probably just move on to some of the other ones that have got a few more options, like South Sydney versus Tigers. I mentioned I got Cody Walker. I see him as one of the premium VC options for this week. But do you think it's a waste to go for a Latrell Mitchell if you own him? I don't think it's a waste. Uh, look, if I owned Cody and Latrell. I'd probably still go VC Cody purely because I think the Tigers have that many gaps this year. He could run right. Um, and I think that I just don't think Latrell's got a 150 anymore. I think he's got 100, 130, but not a very loopable score. Take the injury factor into a, you know, equation. I think Cody's probably just a safer bet. That's all. I agree. 
I will finish on a bit of a stat attack for Latrell owners, though. His highest score ever is against the Tigers, 161 points. That's his best score ever, and he did it against the Tigers. And I dare say it was when the Tigers were pretty bad, but they're pretty bad at the moment. So <laughs> you could have a think about that one. Uh, the Storm and the Eels, Marvel Stadium. Um, you said it yourself, the Eels have got a pretty good record against the Storm. Eels' lineup that they've picked is not great. Uh, they've obviously got some pretty key injuries now. Uh, and some suspensions with Sevo and, and RCG out. Uh, now they've lost Lane last week on top. They look a bit thin, Billy, but played pretty well on the weekend in a losing effort against a good side. How do you see this one going? Uh, for me, I'm a, I'm a stay away on VC and C's in this one because I just didn't know how it would go. Oh, yeah. Look, same. Um, the only thing to add here is the Eels, uh, I, think, I don't think they're ninth. I'm pretty sure they're in eighth. We need to win this. Um, if we don't, then we then we need to win the beat the dragons and convincingly convincingly next week. Um, with what three games to go after that, or four games to go after that, whatever it is, three yeah. So, um, we yeah, Eels throw absolutely absolutely everything out of mate. Um, I wouldn't have a, a VC option here at all, but uh, we've obviously got to chuck in. Yeah, it's. I mean, the other thing too is that the Storm have got two brand new centers for this one, so that's that's going to be really interesting in how they go on the edges. And the other thing I said to you before um, this afternoon in my email, um, Storm just. If you look at the Storm lineup and you read it out and you compare it to what it was three, four years years ago, I think the Storm name and their legacy itself is more scary than their lineup at the moment. So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to tip the eels this week, mind you. Mind you, I'm coming second last in my tipping comp. Just, just try that. Out. <laughs> I actually think that Harry Grant's going to have a, a resurgent week this week. Uh, I, you know, nailed him in the the start of the podcast as being no good, but I think he will come this week because we've got to remember, you know, that age old thing, Billy. The, the Eels forwards they can let in some points, yeah. so I can see Harry Grant putting over either a front rower or throwing a cutout to an edge rower, edge back rower and hitting some points because they've also got Davey on an edge there too now that's coming in to start for lane. The Raiders and the Knights. Uh, the obvious one's going to be Talon Ponga, but it is at GIO Stadium. Uh, but I do think that he's an option. I have to say on this one, though, there's a bit of a, not a pod watch, but just someone who's not owned enough. Big Greg Marju is only around 18% ownership. And it, I said it last week, everyone just needs to get him in. Like he's... He's the run home center mm-hmm. of, of all of them for me. He's gone 79, 102, and 92 the last three weeks. He's now 747,000. I saw people paying 800 plus for, for Valentine Holmes. Marju has no buys left and a fantastic draw. Like he is the guy, 64 point floor base base attack. Scored three, three games in a row. He scored a try now. They're finding him out there and they're finding points. So. I love him for this one versus the Raiders. Um, he scored 122 points versus the Raiders round four. That was his first game of the season. That's his second highest score for the year, and he scored a double in that one. So love Big Greg this week. If you don't own him, I would prioritise him for the run home. Uh, yeah, just yawning because there's nothing else I can add apart from the age devastating. Um, mate, I wanted to start with him every year since he was a rookie at the Eels, but his defence is so shit. He basically just kept getting dropped, but... I'm pretty sure he's a staple on that side now, mate, with his attack. So as long as there's no more missing buses, he'll be sweet. He'll be sweet, all right. And actually, the, the defensive numbers on his side are actually a lot, a lot better than their right side. So he's turned yeah. that around a little bit, or at least the guys inside him have helped. Um, the Dragons and the Seagulls, 
the next game. Uh, I do not own Ruben Garrick because I sold him, which was silly, but I did it. And now I'm actually looking at buying him back because he could be a low-key vice-captain's option this week. Uh, he's 648000 highly, highly owned, but he has now gone uh, below 50 once since round nine. And he's also in that span got a 169-point effort versus the Dolphins. Obviously, the Dragons' away win isn't quite as good as at four pines, Billy, um, but he does have those big scores in him. The Eagles haven't been able to put up points the month prior for four games prior to last week. They'd averaged nine points a game. Then they had a 30-point first-half explosion last week where they looked a lot better. They do have two props out now, though, uh, although Lodge is going to fill in pretty ably for one of them anyway. Dragons leading points. Do you see Ruben Garrick as a decent enough option for a vice captaincy this week? Oh yeah, hundred uh, um, percent. I was going to say who I prefer, but I won't, won't go to other teams. Yeah, mate, hundred um, percent. I think this this is the sort of week that you want to play him. Uh, not sure how big he can go. Um, I think it'll be a pod a pod VC option. Reason is uh, I with him. With with them losing losing the turbo factor and the fact that he hasn't gone absolutely insane lately, they're not like a, a massively dominant team. I think you'll find Watts probably won't be seen because I don't think he can go big enough um, to loop too many other options. But so probably uh, uh, surely there's less than one percent that would be seen. So he would he would be the pod the pod the pod loop option you would think. Yeah, I think so as well. So it's a decent look. Um, Penrith versus Sharks. Cleary versus Hines head-to-head. Now, it's obviously a week where you need to decide, do I VC, or do I see one or the other, or do I just not go near either of them? I'm actually not going to go near either of them, uh, but you know, Penrith has only played a Nico Hines-led Sharks team once. That was last year, not this year, and Hines scored 47 points. Uh, in the same game, Cleary actually was out from memory, uh, pretty sure. Oh, no, he played. Um, he came back from injury, scored 69 points. So neither of them have scored well against each other, but it's only the one-game sample. Do you see this one as one where you could VC one of them, or do you think that you just stay away because there is quite a few other options this round? Yeah, I think I'd just stay away from this week, mate. There's too many, too many other options, like you said, um, and the other options have a lot more value or sort of ceiling. So, um, yeah, I agree, agree with you there, mate. I don't want to just um, disrespect dogs and dolphins fans. So let's just say I'm looking forward to watching the game, but we're just not going to talk about it because I don't know what's going to happen in this one. Um, but the Titans and the Cowboys is the final game of the round, Billy. I cannot not captain Drinkwater. Can you see any way, shape, or form if you own Scott Drinkwater that you don't captain him in this? I was trying to figure that that out earlier, and then when I had a chat with you, I just roll with it. <laughs> you were so excited about doing it. And then when you when you chuck the stats out, I can't not do it, mate. Particularly the last the last the last game of the round as well. If you could wait that long, it's absolutely brilliant to have someone that's you know that good as well as uh, uh, that much of a pod that you can happily see, knowing that not many not many are going to be able to compete with you. Well, last year. Was the last time that Scott Drinkwater played the Gold Coast Titans, and he scored 119 points, and he wasn't going half as good as what he is at the moment. So, I am going to call 130 plus score 
I think he's absolutely going to drill it this week. And I love it as the last game of the round as well. And also, a lot of teams won't be able to match you because of his low ownership. You're probably in head-to-head, not going to come up with too many teams that have the same guy as you do. But other guys in this game that could go well, uh, I've got to say for draft especially, we've got Penufuaki is now the starting second row forward. Uh, he's going to be there for a while due to injury with um, Nene out four to six weeks. Uh, he's quite interesting for draft because he's obviously got that really good Gold Coast edge that he gets to run out. And he's looked pretty decent in spurts. You know, he's 38 minutes last week, 24 points. But, you know, I, I liked it when the most minutes that he's played is 40 in round 16 and it was against Penrith. And he scored a try and scored 61. The following week against South, he only played 11 and he scored a try again for 42 points. He can score the tries. He's, he's a big fella. Uh, this matchup this week versus the Titans, you could actually play this guy. Yeah, pick him up on the waiver wire. Uh, probably a classic draft option, I think, is the only thing to add. Um, unless it's a cash out. But yeah, yeah, wish I had more trades for him, but probably not the time of year for it. There's probably teams as well, Billy, that there's a lot of teams that don't own drink water, but they own homes. And they're probably going to be asking themselves, you know, can I go a, a Valentine Holmes? He scored 69 points versus the Titans in round four, which is pretty underwhelming. But he does have the, some big scores. He scored 150 versus Storm this year. Yeah, he, he probably could go big enough where, you know, four out of his last five, he's got 90 plus where you could throw the C on him as well. Yeah. Yeah, agree, Mark. Well, that is the round. That is the podcast. Thank you very much for jumping on, Billy. There's a lot of good chat, especially the run-home strategy chat. Hopefully a lot of people got a lot out of it, but also hopefully... You have a good run home and you have a good week this week. Hey, you too, mate. I think I actually learned a bit just talking aloud. So. Excellent. Well, you know, you can always talk to yourself in the car on the way to work, mate, if it helps, or give me a phone call or, you know, <laughs> talk it out. It always helps. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find us on SoundCloud, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify. We are everywhere. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars, or is it called X now? I don't know yet. We'll have to wait for Elon to tell us. Jump on Picklebet. Picklebet.com, fantastic partner and sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. When you do sign up with the promo code, affiliate code, it's called on there, All-Stars, all one word, where it says affiliate code when you sign up, throw in All-Stars. That way they'll know you came from the podcast. I'll take great care of you. Good luck in round 22, everyone. Hopefully it's an absolute banger in real life for rugby league, but also in your super coach life. Can't wait to chat all about it again real soon next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get